Good morning. You're listening to Real Life, Real People Radio on this Sunday morning. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so grateful that you are each here and you're ready to listen and hear a little inspiration today. My name is Jill Lowry, and I'm your host, and I just am so thankful that we get to be together today and we get to talk about Jesus. My mission is to bring people to Jesus, to His love. You know, He has unconditional love for all of us, and He's the only one that truly gives us this kind of love. And so I hope that you will just settle in right now, wherever you are, grab your favorite cup of coffee, grab hold of your Bibles, but most importantly, grab hold of Jesus, and He will bring the Bible to life for you. Let me lead us in a word of prayer, and I'll introduce our special guest this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we do love you. We thank you for the love that you give us. We thank you that your love is so awesome and unconditional, abounding, steadfast, immovable, and Lord, that we can count on you whenever we need you all the time you're with us you never fail us and so thank you for the faith that we have through you through jesus christ our lord we're just so in awe of what you're going to do through today's radio show who will listen and who will be touched by what bob has to say this morning so thank you for your many blessings thank you for giving us this opportunity to share it's in jesus name we pray amen amen well, I'd like to introduce Bob McDonald. He is coming today to give a special message that he has um, for for all of you today. And um, we're going to start with just an introduction. How are you, Bob? Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, uh, I live here in Mount, uh, actually in Winsboro, but I live at the lake. Um, I have, I'm married, have two kids and uh, two grandkids and a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And the grandkids keep me busy going back and forth between the Metroplex, but this is my home now for yes. for eight years. Yeah. And are you retired here? I retired last um, July. And I hear that when you retire, you get busier than ever. Is that true? <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 stay, I stay busy, but... I'm one of the guys that can stay be content doing nothing too. Yes. So I'm really, really, yeah. in, really enjoying retirement. Yeah. Well, you have been so involved in the church, and that's how I got to know you. Is um, one day you were greeting, doing, uh, you know, handing out bulletins, and we just happened to talk in the hall, and and you were sharing a little bit about your story, and I said I need to interview you. So <laughs> you have a huge faith journey. So let's begin, I guess, from the beginning. Um, you know, talk about your salvation experience, maybe before that time, because I know you're you found the Lord kind of later in life. Yes. And so it, that's Jill, pretty cool. Jill, I grew up in a, in a small town in Michigan. Man, it's exactly like Mount Vernon. You know, you had a McDonald's, a hardware store, a grocery store. But the big difference growing up in Michigan is is there was no God influence in my life. I didn't have, my parents didn't go, uncles, friends. You know, I'm, I say this jokingly, but if you remember back in the day, on Sunday morning there was three channels on. One was the Laurel and Hardy show, the Three Stooges show, and then the Billy Graham show. My closest thing to being around God was when you skipped over the Billy Graham show to watch the Three Stooges show. Right, right. You know, I, I grew up with great parents. My, my family worked for GM, and 
Um, I had a lot of morals, a lot of structure, but God was nowhere in my life. When I was 19, I moved to, I moved to Dallas area. And let's just say I was making a lot of money in my new job. And understand, I had no, no boundaries of God, no influence. No, I didn't know right from wrong. In, in my early 20s, there's not a sin that I didn't do. Um, there was party and drinking. There was girls that I <laughs> would never take home to mama, so to speak. And um, I, I, had, I was having the time of my life. And I didn't know what I was missing, you know, because it was just party after party. And, you know, the only thing that I didn't do in my 20s was drugs. And I was at parties that it was free. It was mm -hmm. on the tables. But for some reason, and I, I look back and I said, well, that's the first thing the Lord said to me. You know, Bob, you're not going to do drugs because I didn't. And I mm -hmm. don't know why. But God started working on me, and I didn't even know it. About twenty, about twenty-five years of old age, um, and I was going through some terrible breakups, and I was sick of spending money on it. And the Lord just stopped it. I, I just stopped going to parties, stopped going to clubs, start dating. Um, I all I did was work and play sports. I was playing softball or golf three, four times a week. I was working on the overtime, and and I did that for about a little over a year, year and a half. You know. Just a 25-year-old man, I never, I didn't date anybody. I just worked. I just focused. I was sick of it. And then one day, and this is where God started walking into my life, a guy kept pestering me to go off the club, go off to the club. And I, I, it's one of those deals where you, you, you go just to shut him up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I love telling this story because I walked in this club. I, I remember getting a drink. And I saw the most beautiful woman mm. I have ever seen in my life. I was just taken back with her. And I said, man, she's not going to talk to me. So I would up talk, started talking to her. Well, come to find out my buddy knew her. I remember putting the drink down. And that was it. God put this woman in front of my life, in front of, right in front of me. And this is how I know that. Three weeks after we were dating, I told her I was a man live with her. Six weeks, I got engaged to her. She's been my wife for 32 years. What a story. Uh, oh, man. It, Look what God can do. It, he did. When he he did. I, I yeah. was dating, I hate to use this word, I was dating trash. I was mm -hmm. dating people that weren't, they weren't never going to be any good for me. Mm -hmm. He stopped me from doing that. And this is before I even knew God was in my life. I, mm -hmm. I, I still didn't have a connection with God. So I met her and. And we started, you know, I can mention, we were a week and a half in, two weeks, three weeks, and we went and had met her mother. And I met her mother, and we had a great conversation, and she really liked me. And as we was leaving the house, she asked me, she, she said a tree leaning over top of her car, and she wanted a tree cut down. And when I say these words, please understand, Bob didn't know this was wrong. I didn't know this was a sin. But I said to her, Mom, I will bring my GD chainsaw over and cut that tree down. At that point, the feeling that I got she liked me changed. I knew that I did something wrong, and I didn't know it. 
did her did her mom look at you in she, such a way oh, that yeah. you're you just felt oh what she, did I just she, say she she looked right <laughs> through my soul and yeah. I knew I had screwed up so I got in the car and I asked Danelle I said my wife I said I said honey did did I say something wrong to your mom and she said yeah Bob you said the GD word and yeah. I said well yeah. what's wrong with that well she started explaining to me what that meant and what it did and I felt. I mm-hmm. felt so small, mm-hmm. you know, so I wouldn't apologize for her. And, and then I started asking my wife more, more questions about, okay, what's next? What's this? And then, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we got engaged in, in, six, in six weeks. So we were meeting with pastors um, to uh, get married and, and go through the steps. And we had a, a pastor come to the house, and he started talking about salvation and being saved. Had and you heard that before? Never. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't know anything at the time, and I said, "Well, yeah, it sounds really good." And he said, well, "I want you to think on those what I told you, and we'll talk about this later." And I said, "Well, I said, Pastor, I don't need to think. Why would I turn down a free gift, a salvation? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do it right now." So, man, he right then and there, he he saved, gave saved me the sinner's prayer. He prayed over me. I walked him out of the car after that, and this is why I know it took hold, because I walked back in the house, and I told Danelle, I said, honey, I feel like I got 200 pounds off my shoulders right now. Yeah. And mm. it, was, it was freaking me out. I said, yeah. what happened? Wow. It's <laughs> and, and amazing. Danelle goes, well, Bob, uh, sounds like the Holy Spirit got a hold of you yeah, just then. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, explain to people who may not know the Lord as their Lord and Savior. It's like a weight was lifted off. All your sins were forgiven. This, you were not walking in sin and slavery anymore. You didn't have that yoke that you were carrying. It was It was the most – It was. I felt light on my feet. Mm-hmm. I, I wish – I wish everybody could go through. Everybody's roads a little different than this, but I wish everybody could could experience that. I know a lot of young people, especially in in our church and other churches, they get saved during uh, VBS or mm-hmm. other activities, and they're really young. And I get they understand it, but I, I, as an adult, I truly understand what had happened to me. You felt free. I did. I felt free. Yes, and that reminds me of Galatians five one for freedom, Christ has set us free. <laughs> and therefore, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Right. Because you were you were slave to that the sin in I your was. life, and and knowing that okay, I'm not living the right way, but you kept doing it, and you know the influences of different friends. Went until you met your sweet wife. Yeah. Was she raised in a Christian she, home? She was raised. She rode the school bus. Uh-huh. Um, and she'll jokingly tell you that she was doing things that wasn't 100% um, what she should be doing, because I met her in a club, too. Right. But, but she was on a much, much mm-hmm. greater track. And, and she will tell you, she said, I wouldn't marry anybody that wouldn't take my hand and walk with the Lord with me. And, Amen. And she and she told me that. And I said, well, sign me up, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So, so y'all could be equally yoked, which is scripturally based, that you're you know, both following the Lord, you're equally invested in Him. And mm-hmm. is Christ the center of your marriage right now? It's which, first. Amen. Yes. It, it has to be. You know, yes. I mean, you know, you can't put anything before God. I mean, you start wanting getting mad with God getting mad at you and, and mm-hmm. looking down on you. Put something in front of in front of Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit because He comes first. That's right. And 
you know, I, I, I firmly believe that that's why I've been married for 32 wonderful years. And God has blessed me beyond my wildest dream. But I always put God first. And mm-hmm. I instilled that lesson in my, my, my son and my daughter. And you know, my son walks that walk as a, as a Christian dad. He's a deacon in his church. And my daughter married a preacher's son. You know, so I, we're, we're, we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're raising them up raise to them up. to follow Christ, mm-hmm. and you know when they are old, they will not um, fall from it. They'll pursue what they know. That foundation that you said is so important as parents well, to train it. them up. We're going to talk about that foundation because my walk with God was just starting at that time. Okay, let's talk about that because this is the exciting part. You right. found Christ. You found your wife. I found my wife. Got married. So now what? Okay, well then, you know, we got married um, exactly a year to the time we date. And we were we was going to this little church, um, maybe had 100 people. Man, we were and we were solo playing God so bad. We, we'd go every now and then, you know, the major holidays. And it, you know, it, 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 the, the church was a small church that had any youth. It was an older church, and we weren't really feeling led to go there. But we weren't really feeling led to go anywhere, to be honest with you. And one day, we had a friend recommend going down to Water Ridge Baptist Church, uh, Pastor Randy Weeks, um, in Mansfield. And we walk in the church, and I'm sitting in there in oh, about the middle of the sanctuary. And the pastor is having a sermon about the importance of raising your family in church and putting God first in everything in your family. And he said something to me at the end of the sermon. And it's one of them deals where if, if you're experiencing, you know, I'm talking about, you felt like you had a dot on your forehead and he was talking directly at you. And the question that he raised was, do you want your family raised in church with God by their side, or do you want the world to raise your kids? <laughs> Whoa, that's that's I, a great question. And, and, and of course, you want Jill. I I just left just, that world. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and yeah. I knew that was that was leading to death, destruction. Yes. that was nothing good for that. So so we end up joining the church, and um, and we you know as years go on, we, both kids get baptized and. I get baptized with um, with the kids, and uh, you know, and then we was going to Sunday school. But I we were, I was still slow playing God. Now we were going every Sunday as much as we could. And there was a few Sundays where I had to work. We didn't go, or we were on vacation. But if the doors were open on Sunday, we was there. But yet I was the guy in the back of the class worried about the, who's going to eat the last donut in Sunday school. You were guarding the donuts. I was guarding the, <laughs> guarding the donuts. And I not t- really paying attention to the And not paying list. attention. Uh-huh. And I, was take, I would take my Bible on Sunday, and I would take it to church, mm-hmm. and I would put it on the dining room table on, on we got home. And that was the end of it. Yeah. Well, this went on for a little while, and there was a, a movie, and I, I'm a visual person. If I, if I can see it and touch it, I'm, right. I'm a lot better with it. But there was a movie come out called Passion of the Christ. Some of you all may remember it. The scene where Jesus took the beating for us. Mm. I, I wanted to stop. I, 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 I just I kept remember watching that and I think, oh, this can't get any worse. And it did. And I knew enough of the time that I knew that he was taking that beating for stuff that I had done. And it just, it just ate me alive. And then when it all got done, 
our, our, our church is big enough. We rented out theaters for three, four, five Sundays in a row. And our pastor got up and he just said very little, but what he said was big. Pastor Weeks goes, the beating you just saw, as bad as that was, it was worse. Mm-hmm. Second thing he saw, second thing he said to, to me, or to, well, to me with the red dot on my forehead again yeah. was, if you don't think God doesn't like love you after watching that, I can't help you. And yeah. he walked out of the room. Wow. Well, <laughs> that was a piff me for old Bob. After that, you know, Bob started paying attention in the class. I started raising my hand. Me and my wife and the kids got more involved. We did VBS every summer. We did D now. Uh, we worked in the nursery. We were really getting dwelled um, in this in the spirit, and I, I thought I was doing really, really, really well. And then we had another pre- another sermon come up, and the pastor was talking about how do people see you outside of church? Are you presenting yourself? How how are you bringing people into this church? And I was I listened to him. And I thought, well, what is what do people think about me outside of church? Um, so I went to work uh, that next couple days, and I started talking more about church and talking to some people in there. And I had a guy walk out to me, and he said, Bob, I would have never known that you were a man of God. Really? It, oh, that just it, floored you. It crushed yeah, me. Yeah, that crushed it, you. It yeah. crushed me. And I made up my mind right then and then that would never happen again. And, I, and, and my wife, actually, what was one of her weaknesses, too, is she didn't really, she wasn't afraid to. She just didn't know how to at her work and stuff. So we both, we both committed. You know, people are going to know the McDonald's as, God, as God-loving mm-hmm. people. So what did you do to, to do that? I started, I, started, I started sharing my testimony with people, my witnessing to people. I started inviting people to church. Um, mm-hmm. I started telling people what we did on Sunday. Um, I started telling people we went to church on Easter Sunday. Um, I started telling the guys that, that I golf with at the time, you know, we're not doing that. Um, that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna be more of a witness, and I want people to understand that Bob's a god, a guy God first. I didn't want to have another guy walk up to me and say, "Oh, I didn't know you were a man of God," mm-hmm. because it, it it crushed me. It absolutely just crushed me. And that was a wake up call and, for you and that to was, uh, that was share a call. your faith and. To be a disciple and to disciple others, because we're all called to that. We're all called to that. Not to keep our faith to ourselves, but to share it. Now, this next story, it may seem trite or small, but this is where you can see Bob's change, Bob's compassion, Bob's mm-hmm. fire for God. But our church was big enough that we had um, a, a soft, we could have softball teams, and we have six or eight softball teams. And um, we had a guy who's running a softball program that wanted to do softball as an inreach. We were a big enough church, we could go rent a facility for mm-hmm. a day. And he, and he wanted everybody, all the church families get together. And, and it was a good thing, but I, I said, no. I said, I'm not leading, I'm not, my heart's not leading this way. We just need to be an outreach. We need to get this out there in a Friday night beer drinking league. Now, mm-hmm. understand where I'm at right now. I went from a guy that didn't know a thing about Jesus, to getting saved, to getting baptized, to the guy in the back of the class who didn't care. Now I'm the guy who's talking about Jesus in front of people. Now 
I'm getting in arguments with people in the church what I think we should be doing with our with our with witnesses and not not witnessing, and and then the guy in the back of the class asking the questions now, and you could just see how God took his time with me. You know, it's it's really hard to, to lose focus when you don't think God is there. But he is. You just got to be patient mm-hmm. and let God work on you because he's he's still working in me. But you know, it was just amazing. I went from nothing to a guy who's arguing with you know leaders in the church saying, "No, this is wrong. I like your idea, but we need to be witnessing the people." Well, that's a leader, and that's being bold for Christ. Yeah, I, and and you're not just speaking out just to argue. I mean, these were convictions yeah. that the Holy Spirit was giving you, and you're listening, and you're being obedient and sharing. So that took a lot to do that. And, Did people receive what you said? Did y'all change I, it from I, inreach to I, outreach? No, I took the team, and I had I told him I'm doing it myself, and he right. said, "Fine." And all the guys with me, they bought in, and I, and. I had when we we went to the we start we played on the Friday night beer drinking league, and we played with the roughest of the rough. Um, How'd you find them? How'd you get them there? Just joined Friday night league because I, I softball for forever, and I oh, knew the okay. Friday they had okay Friday night teams was that were the already, teams okay. were already established, and um, and at the end of the game, we always asked the other team to pray because okay. remember I wanted people to see me as a godly man. We had holy hitters with the name of our team. We had it on our shirts. And we had if probably if we had ten teams we played, maybe five would pray with us. Um, five would say no, but that's okay. I said mm-hmm. my my job is just to plant the seed. And I told the guys we can't get discouraged, but we're just planting the seeds. And it's it's really hard and in, in believe that guys would say, hey, you want to pray with us? And they don't, but that's that's just the world we live in. But there was one success that I had, and it was it was worth everything that we had done um, playing on Friday night with these guys. Is if you could picture the scene, it's ten thirty at night. Um, we've already invited this team to pray with us. They've said no, so we're me and my buddy Kurt Metzger and Mike Miller and a couple other guys were in the dugout, and we're getting our shoes on and we're you know, lacing up and the lights are being turned off and we hear this click, click, click of, of softball shoes, uh, cleats coming into the dugout. And I look up and there's a guy standing next to me and he's just this mammoth of a man. I mm-hmm. mean, 240, tattoos everywhere, beard guy. And he said, I need one of those. And I looked at him, I said, sir, what do you, what do you need? He said, well, my mom's got stage four cancer mm-hmm. and I don't know how to pray. Mm, there's so many people like that. Oh man, and, that just. And I, I said, there you were. Wow, I said, how amazing! Bam! And I had my buddy Kurt and my buddy Mike and a couple of guys. Mm. We stopped and we prayed with this guy. Tears running down this guy's face. Tears running down our face. It was mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. But had I not stuck to my guns, and I stuck to we did the in reach where it was all the church teams playing each other. I wouldn't have had that chance, but my God knew that. God, God put that kid, that guy, mm-hmm. in front of me, mm-hmm. and He said, "Here you go, Bob." You know, so it, and you don't know where he is now. I, you don't no know clue. what happened to his mother, but you do know that the power of prayer is real, and yes. that's what brought him to you. And God was there, and you planted the seeds. And 
I believe that 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 man may know Christ now. You know what? You know, you, you never know. He he may have already had the seat. He may have gotten super mad at his team for walking away. Now I I've seen some guys in the parking lot where we told guys to pray with us. Hey, you can't speak to me. Next time we're going to play those guys, we're going to pray with those guys. So I had a couple of yeah. situations like that where it wasn't everybody. It wasn't the whole team. Right. Now, granted, there's alcohol involved and there's male testosterone. And, and believe it or not, my, and little, competition. <laughs> my, my little church team was good, Joe. We beat the tar on most everybody. Yeah. So, so people so, didn't like y'all. And you were those praying people. Who were those praying people but, that had a good softball team. But, well, you know, what a neat story and it, how exciting that someone did receive that and and came forth and do you pray with people now yeah. is this something you I, do I, I do if the, it's if it's something they pray over i mean mm-hmm. i i learned a long time ago when you say i'll pray with pray for you when someone gives you their sickness or they mm-hmm. tell you you don't you don't do it you don't do it right there you do it right then and there because nine yes. times out of ten you're going to walk away and forget about it so right. i try to pray Right there on the spot with when people say, Hey, I need this. And I said, That's not like a prayer request. And we'll, we'll pray yeah. right then and there. Um, had several cases at work uh, in my last five years that I was at my, at my company where, you know, people knew I was Christian. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, the, the 20 to 30 year old kids are coming up. They scare the tire out of me because they, they claim to be agnostic. Yeah. And I think, No, no, no. You just don't know. You were me, but you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I'll tell the story if we have time, fine. But we had this kid come up to me, and he was super nice young man. He was 25, 26 years old, and his wife had a baby. He was going to have a baby, and she wasn't, she wasn't doing real good. And I said, well, I'll pray, I'll pray for her. Let's pray for her. He said, no, I don't want you to pray for me. But um, he said, I'll, I'll give you good. I'll send, can you send good thoughts? And I said, well, sure. I said, but let me ask you a question. Who hears good thoughts? Mm-hmm. Do you hear my good thoughts right now? Do you hear my thoughts in my head? He said, no. I said, Jesus hears your thoughts. I That's assure right. you. Yeah. So a couple of days later, he comes back and he said, Bob, he says, um, I'll take one of them prayers now. I said, oh, what's going on? He said, well, my wife was put on bed risk and we're the, the risk of losing the baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, man. I knew at that point I had him. And we prayed right then and there. Yeah. And everything got turned yeah. out fine. But yep. it, it, was incre- it was an incredible um, experience. Yeah. I, I've noticed that a lot of people only pray when something bad is happening. And, um, you know, God is with us all the time. And, and it's so important to praise him mm-hmm. as well. Oh, yeah. As well. And so... That was really neat that he came back and asked you for prayer. Yeah. You know, people will know. I need to ask him to pray for me. And I'm sure you've had people say, would you pray for me, Bob? I have this, you know, going on, and and it's it's just powerful. Do you and your wife pray together? Jill, not as much as we we should, but we we do on occasion. Um, For her and me, our prayer time is usually separate. Hers are usually at bed. I'll go on my back deck and I'll sit out there mm-hmm. and pray. And, and and normally when I pray, I start crying. So I'm a big cry baby. But it's it's a very emotional, yeah. personal experience that we right. that we do. Um, you know, we we just, we just got our daughter married off, and we prayed over that, and we mm-hmm. prayed for, and we both prayed for. Maybe not together, but the same thing. We wanted a godly man for mm-hmm. um, my daughter and. 
lo and behold, I get a preacher's kid. You know, I, yes. he, he God is so is so good to the McDonald family. It's so real. Yeah. But I do got one more praying story involving sports. But this is this is um uh, involves younger young kids. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll close with this story because we've got about three minutes left. Okay. I also had a girls' soccer team. Mm -hmm. I coached since they were kindergarten up to tenth grade or ninth grade. And we always invite their team to pray with us. And believe it or not, even in little girls' soccer, I had coaches yank their kids off the field. Didn't happen as much as the men, but in one particular case, we had a girl. She was getting her kneel, praying, getting ready to pray with us, and a coach yanked her off the team, said, we ain't got time for that. Come on over here. We've got to have our team meeting. And I had a little nine- or ten-year girl look up at me and say, Coach, we need to pray for that team. Shut the door right there. I said, sweetie, you go ahead and take the prayer. And she prayed for her other team, you Aww. know. But that's the importance of prayer, you know, in 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 witnessing and sharing. So. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your faith today and sharing how you met Jesus and who he is to you and what you're continuing to do. And he continues to grow our faith each and every day. Like right now, as mm -hmm. you're sitting here, mm -hmm. I mean, there's more that he's wanting to do through you, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I bet you're excited to see what that is. I am truly excited to yes. see. Yes. And do you find yourself reading his word all the time? That is so, and studying more I, now? I, um, I, I did a thing called BSF. Oh, about three, four years ago. I did it for five years, and that taught me how to pray. It taught me how to break the Bible down. It taught me how to read. Yes. And ever since then, you know, I'm, I always do my, my lesson, my Bible study lesson. I always read more than I'm supposed to. Um, I'm always the guy that I always make the class go longer. Oh, gosh, you're that one. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm <laughs> sorry, kidding. but I'm that one. But. No, but I love it because yeah. you're you're truly trying to learn, and you're yes. in the Word, and Every time you read this word, you'll see something that maybe you haven't seen before yes. or it's revealed to you. So would you encourage people to get in the word and pray? Absolutely do it. And I had a, a good friend of mine, uh, his name is Mike Miller. He told me three things about prayer. He says, when you pray, there's three things that happen. God will say yes he will say no, and he said, well, wait, mm -hmm. I may have something better. And that stuck with me. Like, I never forget that when it comes to prayer. So I don't yes. get discouraged, maybe a little frustrated sometimes when, it, when it's on my time, and it's never on my time. It's always on the Lord's time. But yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, Bob, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your heart with us. And I know that our listeners heard something that really encourage them today in their journey with Jesus. Would you close us in prayer today? <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank ma you so much. Be, it's an honor to do it. Heavenly Father, I come here today just to thank you for this opportunity to sit down with Joe and share my testimony. But Father, it's your testimony as much as mine. You didn't give up on me. And I thank you for that. And Father, I hope there's somebody out there that can identify with me and say, you know what? Bob did it. Mm. And I can do it too. And you can. I, I encourage you. Just get with a good church. Get with a good woman. Hold on tight to her and don't let her go. And heaven and Father, thank you for all you've done for me. In name we pray. 
Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. If you would like to hear more episodes, simply search Real Life, Real People Radio on Apple, Google, and Podbean Podcasts. And remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyrighted 2024. All rights reserved. Real life, 